0: This pre-cure podcast, titled Insulin Resistance and Why It Matters, will review and discuss what insulin resistance is, what causes insulin resistance, and the practical implications of this. Right, we're here talking about insulin resistance today. So Grant, let's crack into it. What is insulin resistance? So
1: I think we've already learnt that we've got this hormone insulin and Mm -hmm. it's just the critical part of how we manage and use our energy up and um, sometimes it gets a bit dysregulated so we become what we call insulin resistant. In other words, um, when you eat some carbohydrate because that's the main thing that affects insulin, protein does a bit, fat not at all, then you get insulin going up for much longer and being high as well and so that... Insulin resistance results in a thing called, um, wait for it, long word, hyperinsulinemia. This is why medicine works, of course. You can't just go high insulin. You've got to turn it into some sort of emia, So it's hyperinsulinemia. Because high insulin turns off uh, fat burning, starts storing nutrients. Um, and interferes with other hunger hormones to make you down-regulate how active you are and still feel hungry, then you've got a real issue, haven't you? Um, No. Especially if you've gone the the food pyramid and you're eating a high-carb, low-fat diet and you're insulin resistant, you can see... um, There'll be trouble brewing there'll be trouble brewing or there'll be trouble actually happening, right? Mm. So you've got... um, So
0: we'll move on to that, and what causes this? So what are the things that can actually cause you to become insulin resistant?
1: Well, there's a whole bunch of things. So let's start with stress. So let's just go through the biology of each one of these. So stress and insulin resistant, there's two things that happen there. So when you get stressed out, fight or flight response, you produce uh, adrenaline, cortisol. Cortisol itself causes inflammation in the body, makes you more insulin resistant, makes you crave fatty, salty, sugary food, preferably all three at once so that's one mechanism um, and you can see the use of that right you've had you've been stressed yeah. out paleolithic human lasted a couple of minutes you want to have the biology to drive you to want to repair yourself and eat more the exact same process actually happens in the gut i think we talked about this in an yeah. earlier podcast that tight junctions open up in the intestinal cells yeah. and these lipopolysaccharides seep through into the system again it's inflammatory causes insulin resistance again it's just another way of getting the human to think about getting more energy in and fixing up any damage and we're finding in today's society that we are being mm.
0: stressed but the stress is lasting for a longer prolonged phase yeah. so like university can
1: be one yeah all those of us working at yeah. universities yeah yeah or actually most jobs or yeah. a lot nine, of stuff nine to fives yeah, 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 yeah.
0: nine to five shift yeah. workers we, yeah. we talk yeah. about that. And yeah. that that should go on to poor sleep yeah so the stress can lead on to the poor sleep? And yep, so, sleep. So,
1: so, that, so I think poor sleep probably has almost the same mechanisms for um, insulin resistance as stress, gut permeability that we talked about, uh, cortisol coming down. And we know our kids are sleeping less than they used to. We're sleeping less than we used to. Shift work destroys virtually every known medical health parameter. You know, an appropriate time to go to bed is when it starts to get dark. Appropriate time to wake up might be when it gets light that might vary seasonally, that's, we've lost that ability.
0: So you really should just turn your phone off or middle on silent.
1: Kids, leave your phone on the bench top. Yeah, parents confiscate your kids' phones at bedtime or preferably an hour before, at least.
0: So then we get into this other debate of the too
1: much exercise, too little exercise. So where's the common ground that we need to? Well, too, um, too much exercise produces excess cortisol. It's adrenal fatigue, you become inflamed. Uh, for much the same reason as too much stress and too much sleep. You know, too much exercise is too much stress um, because exercise only helps you when it creates some information and you improve and get better from it. So, you know, not possibly a major public health problem, too much exercise, but you will see individuals from time to time that are really trying to get in shape or suffering problems. They've got, you know, basically what's described as adrenal fatigue. They've exercised too much and they can't get themselves healthy. So
0: it's uh, almost like the, the theory of golly locks and the three beers the porridge is too hot the porridge is too cold but this porridge is just right yeah I mean, yeah so of
1: course two little exercises yeah. is, is yeah. for other reasons causes weight gain through another enzyme lipoprotein lipase getting dysregulated and um, glucose doesn't go the normal route so you know humans are made to move you're right in the middle not too much yeah. not, not enough and, and and about right that medium temperature porridge is actually a reasonable amount of activity oh well,
0: it's quite tasty yeah <laughs> So, so moving on we're talking about more of our social environments so we're talking about smoking so smoking we talked about in a previous podcast from memory um, but that can also have a factor into
1: insulin resistance well smoking just is inflammatory yeah. um, amongst other poisonous things in it but you know it'll affect the cells and make you less responsive to glucose mm. so that's um, as well I guess a bunch of other poisons in the environment I mean, be just think of inhaling tobacco smokers and inhaling poison um, but you get exposed to other pollution you know, heavy metals uh, various other things that humans weren't designed to take on the way some modern humans and some modern environments do and again that just causes insulin resistance so too much sun too little sun where we where? yeah well it's, it's an interesting debate I guess um, just in the context of insulin resistance um, obviously you get sunburn that's bad for a bunch of other reasons but it's also inflammatory and make you insulin resistant um So don't do that. But I think probably much more important um, from a sort of public health point of view is um, not getting enough sun either. Again, the middle porridge of Mm. the three beers is that uh, humans need sunlight, particularly the sunlight at the height of the day, um, to generate a vitamin. Well, it's actually not a vitamin. It's called vitamin D, but it's actually a hormone that's uh, critical for glucose transport across cells without that you're insulin resistant and just the seasonal variation of that might have helped us gain weight in the winter and keep that weight on uh, and be leaner in the summer as possibly. Um, and also I think just people forget that humans started black and turned white um, because the whiter you are Uh, the more easily you can generate vitamin D, Um, and it was that important for survival as we moved away from, humans moved away from the equator.
0: People who are listening, and they might be thinking that the whole genes debate and ethnicity, could that have
1: affected too? Yeah, yeah, so so, it's exactly the same meal. I mean, this is a point with insulin resistance, isn't it? It's exactly the same meal has a completely different effect on the hormonal profile of insulin and therefore how hungry you feel, depending on how insulin-resistant you are. So we're talking about a whole bunch of factors that by themselves affect how insulin-sensitive you are, but between people it varies massively as well. So you know, there's a group of people, um, I'm thinking more of the sort of Japanese... Who down the carbs and... Well, it's it's just a group, it's an an ethnicity or a phenotype of humans, if you want to talk in those terms, that... Have had a long exposure to carbohydrate and process it quite well and are less prone, prone to becoming insulin resistant um in our part of the world then we've got a large number of people from the south pacific who seem to be the exact opposite that. and perhaps it's because they had seasonal variations in food supply from things like cyclone and all the food disappearing where it was a real advantage to become more insulin resistant and therefore put on weight more easily when food was available so here you are will affect how your hormonal response goes to food. And you get this sort of discussion about people, it's like, well, you know, so-and-so can eat anything and stay in shape, and I just look at the food and that's, you know, look at I turn to, turn to fat. You know, obviously that's, they're obviously more than looking at it, but the uh, thing is there that that's what's, those variations in their insulin sensitivity. And that, does that um, increase with age? Yeah, well, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because you know most of the things we're talking about are also modern life, and the more exposure you get to modern life, maybe the more insulin resistant you get. But I, I think um, on top of that, actually the older we get, um, the more insulin resistant we get. So this is, you know, I think, why people will have to adjust their diets a little bit as they get older, and younger people will get away with a range of macronutrients, but perhaps a degree of carbohydrate restriction is going to be more necessary, um, and how you treat yourself with stress and those sorts of things is going to be more important as you get older.
0: So now we're going on to about the foods and we look at the high sugar diets um, and the effects that that can have and, and the inflammatory responses
1: yeah so this is really interesting so of course um, just what you eat in of itself changes how insulin resistant you are um, and we know through a few pathways so um, sugar you talk about table sugar which is the stuff sucrose um, you know, it's added to things uh, sources and drinks and stuff. Well, uh, sucrose is a particular special type of sugar. It's half glucose and half fructose. And this component fructose um, doesn't produce an insulin response, which at first pass you think would be useful, but it actually goes straight to the liver. Um, and it can be stored as fat there, but in of itself creates insulin resistance and makes it harder. So you get sort of double whammy with something like sugar, sucrose, where it, the glucose component bangs your insulin up, and the fructose component makes you more insulin resistant.
0: So alcohol, that's another big staple of, of basically the
1: world and especially in New Zealand, yeah. is a huge staple. Yeah, yeah, so the interesting thing about alcohol is it, it actually has the exact same path as fructose to the liver. It turns straight to fat, yeah. um, creates some insulin resistance. That's where we get the bear bellies and all of that. Well, look, I, if, I think if you observe someone with a bear belly, you're basically going to say and they probably won't understand you if you say this to them it's like mate you've secreted too much insulin over your lifetime that's how you accumulate a beer belly um and we call it a beer belly because um at the alcohol and beer plus the carbs and beer sort of have the double wham in the same way as sugar does but it could be a sugar belly hmm. um, it could be a wheat belly same same thing yeah the mead belly i'd call it yeah <laughs> So we, uh, low fiber.
0: I heard that can have a have a response on the old.
1: Well, the more processed the carbs are, yeah. the more they're going to uh, just affect some of the other those incretin hormones we talked about, and therefore you're going to be more insulin resistant. And there's it, just a, a more complex thing. Well, I don't think we need to get into all of that now. But yeah, yeah processed carbs in general are, yeah. are bad news. So
0: we can talk about the whole gut indoxicity. I think I've said that right, I'm not
1: 100%. No, no, gut, gut endotoxicity. So I think that's what we're talking about with stress is that um, as, as the gut opens up and lets stuff through, then we amount an immune response to that. Uh, immune response is inflammatory, inflammatory, inflammation equals insulin resistance, so um, poor gut health, poor gut microbes, You know things like excessive courses of antibiotics, uh, uh you know, end up supporting the uh, wrong gut bacteria, not enough fibre and fibre vegetables or fermented foods can all be useful there.
0: So, we talk about the high trans fats and the um, and the highly processed fats.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of talk about saturated fat and all that sort of stuff, and you know, which uh, for occasionally might provide some problems, but I think far more than that is just processed, highly processed oils. So, we end up with um, trans fats, uh, these sort of make uh, the practical implication. So we talk about the fats and the high trans fats and the fatty diet and the effects that that can have on the insulin. Yeah, so you know, most of this talk's about saturated fat which isn't the major target. It could be a problem for some people under some conditions but um, it's really, I think, the main target for fats and insulin resistances is these highly processed fats. So there's, we know trans fats, for example, which, uh, you know, just hydrogenating vegetable oil so they have solid at room temperature, they can put them in biscuits and stuff. That's straight-out bad news, causes insulin resistance amongst other things. But also just processed vegetable oils in general tend to oxidise easily and cause inflammation in the body. And the ratio of those, if you have too much omega-6s and not enough omega-3s, then that is also inflammatory and insulin resistance causing. I guess the last thing which we haven't covered is there's a few micronutrients which could make you more or less insulin resistant. And the most surprising one is Iron. So, you can end up with anemia from low yeah. iron, and that's um, bad. Yeah. Um, but actually, what we now know is that higher iron causes insulin resistance. And there's studies showing that um, people who've oh, had really? heart attacks who give blood regularly have less subsequent heart attacks. And um, just to give a medical term, people go, Well, um, your high iron. So, if you go high iron and you talk to it, they'll go, Well, you've got hyperferritinemia which again is just medical speak for high iron. So um, you can have high iron as well as low iron and, and it can cause problems. So just uh, talking to our
0: Tom, Joe and Sally, just out on the street, what does this all mean to them and what are the what are the actual practical things that people can apply?
1: Yeah, well, I think there's a few things. and One's a little bit theoretical to start with, but let's just talk about that now and get it out of the way because yeah. I think it's a common thing. It's like, well... Um, you know people talk about blue zones places in the world where people live a long time with a healthy life um, and i think the first thing to say about those those are absent of all of these factors that cause insulin resistance these are moderate to lower stress environments they have exercise they have fruit and veg less processed food they get a decent night's sleep um, they get enough sun um, they're not inhaling poisons um, all those sorts of things so um, modern life is this whole list of things that we that causes insulin resistance So in order to have a great, long, healthy life, then we need to be working on all of those things, from stress to sleep to diet to exercise. That's a healthy lifestyle. Hmm. Um, The world's not perfect. Uh, We don't live in these blue zones, and we often can't manage those. In the case of insulin resistance, severe insulin resistance, then the obvious first workaround is to restrict the amount of carbohydrate you take in because it helps reduce insulin load and that in and of itself is a major problem. Uh, it doesn't entirely let you off the hook. Um, we still need to sort the rest of it out but um, you know, that's the sort of initial workaround that I would say. If you're, if you're highly insulin resistant, um, uh, your metabolic unwell. You know, uh, reduce your sugar and starch um, as your primary target but that doesn't let you off sorting the whole list of lifestyle things and what that does for you.